Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I'm excited today about this episode because we have a special guest with us, Tracy McCombs, who wrote the article, The Temptations of Infertility, which has been featured in the new magazine, Sit Still, My Daughter, which was released last Friday on digital copy. So I talked with Tracy about infertility. Infertility is a very real struggle for many women across the United States and across the world. And Tracy shares her story about how she went through this struggle, and she'll also share some helpful, helpful tips. So I hope that even if you have never been through infertility, that maybe you're one that's never struggled with infertility, but I promise this episode will still have some amazing truths for you. So so let's get started with our interview with Tracy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I'm excited today to have Tracy McCombs. So if you have already downloaded your digital copy of the Sit Still My Daughter magazine, you may have already read Tracy's amazing article entitled The Temptations of Infertility. Infertility is something that is very common today. Um, I looked it up online and it said that in the United States, um, out of 100 couples, between 12 to 13 battle infertility. This is a real topic. I know that I have friends that have dealt with this issue. They are currently struggling with this and it is, it is a pain, it is a hurt. And if you have not gone through it, it's really something you can't understand fully. And this is the reason that I asked Tracy to come onto the podcast and just talk about it, share her heart and her journey. So welcome Tracy, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So Tracy, just uh, maybe kind of start us off. Now we met through Instagram. Instagram's a wonderful thing. So we just uh, decided to chat a little bit and I got to know her and I loved her heart. And uh, so I reached out to her about the infertility, but can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, just kind of share that with us? Sure. And um, love Instagram. You know, I've met a lot of great women on there. So (laughs) I'm really glad that we got to connect that way. Um, Yeah, I um, am Tracy McCombs. I'm a military spouse. Um, I currently live in Stuttgart, Germany um, with my husband, my four-year-old daughter, and my two-year-old son. Definitely want to say that up front so people are aware that I do have children today. And um, I work for the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, and I'm a management and program analyst there. And I love to cook. I, I love to go on runs, and I love spending time with my family. Yes. So when Tracy said about Germany, I remember seeing that I was like, oh, I love that because my mom's German and I enjoy, um, you know, visiting every great once in a while. So we connected about the food and the culture and how just it's very different than the United States. It is, but it's a good different in many ways. Um, Usually when I go to visit Germany, I always make sure that I lose some weight so I can gain it all back from all the good food <laughs> there. It's such a, it's so good. You, you, you need to go visit, but I kind of want to just jump into it. Uh, Tracy, why don't you just kind of share your journey and your heart about this? Sure. So I'll talk a little bit more on um, the temptations of infertility, the, the piece that I wrote for Sit Still, My Daughter, because I think it's so important um, as a woman to recognize that first and foremost, infertility is extremely hard. And it is something that is really hard to understand unless you walk through it. And number two, that God is always there. And uh, those are a few um, lessons that I learned during my um, challenges with infertility. And a lot of people think infertility means like just the inability to even get pregnant. 
but there are all kinds of different types of infertility. Infertility can be the inability to carry a baby full term. Infertility could mean a lot of different things. And for me, um, infertility was um, repeat pregnancy loss. So um, in 2014 and 2015, I suffered back-to-back um, -back miscarriages, and that was something that really rocked my world. I had already been trying for a very long time to get pregnant, so when I finally did get pregnant, I thought, oh, you know, this, this waiting game is over, um, the challenge is gone, and so I just, you know, leapt into it wholeheartedly, super excited, never once thinking that something um, like a miscarriage could happen to me. Um, so it was really challenging, you know, to deal with not only um, just the waiting of wanting to become a mom, but then the loss. The loss was extremely challenging. Um, and uh, another reason it was challenging is that um, I started to learn more about some disorders that I had. I know a lot of women who um, struggle with infertility or repeat pregnancy loss that they usually never get answers about it. Uh, doctors usually say, I'm sorry, we don't you know, have a diagnosis for you. We can't explain it. And I think sometimes that can be more challenging than actually getting a diagnosis. But um, in March of 2015, um, doctors discovered a genetic disorder that I have. And it's a rare dis uh, genetic disorder. About one in, I believe, 1,200 people have it. And it's called balanced Robertsonian translocation. And basically, that's just a fancy way of saying um, my um, chromosomes don't really match up the way they're supposed to. So uh, my 13, 14 chromosome is connected in a way that makes it um, very challenging for my husband's chromosomes to meet up with mine and make a, you know, a valid uh, pregnancy. So I was dealing with that. And then I also discovered that I have a blood clotting disorder. Um, which is, you know, a more common thing. Uh, I think a lot of women actually deal with blood clotting disorders, but just those two things piled on top of each other um, just made me, you know, really wonder, wow, like, am I, am I ever going to be able to really carry a baby? Is my body going to be able to handle that? And so, you know, there was a lot of temptations that, that come with, you know, the anxiety and the grief and the anger and, just the bitterness and you can slowly but surely start to let negative thoughts creep in and steal your joy and I'll be the first to admit I did that you know I let anger at God interfere with my joy like God why would you let this happen to me like why do I deserve this um, there were times too when I was embarrassed uh, with myself, because I couldn't even control my own, my own body, you know, um, wow, you know, like, I, there's nothing that I can do um, to allow myself to, to be a mom, even though that was like the, the greatest desire of my heart. And so, um, you know, with these challenges, I'd say, I'm so thankful that God just started to reveal some of those, um, those really negative thoughts that I was having, and he replaced them. You know, I, I asked him for help with it, and, and he uh, slowly but surely started replacing those negative thoughts with hope and patience and perseverance and peace, uh, even before um, I conceived or got pregnant uh, with, my, with my daughter. 
I just, I love your heart. I love um, some of the things that you wrote in just the, the magazine itself, like the, the one where God didn't create me to condemn me. I just, I always go back to that statement because it's so powerful. That's honestly, when we are denied something where we feel like we should have this, we automatically think, why did you do that to me, God? Why did you um, deny me something that was good? But, you know, God never does anything that's not for our good. Um, and I just, I love that statement that you emphasize, yes, it hurt. Yes, it was a hard journey and it may continue to be so, but God is still enough. God is still there. He still loves you. He's never, ever created you with a bad intent. Everything, he, he's there to walk with you. And I just love that. And the other part about your article that I really felt was very um, important that I kind of wanted to unpack a little bit here is you mentioned how important community was for you. And I know that so many women, like you said, they're, they don't want to talk about it. They feel like they shouldn't bring it up, maybe because they'll either be judged or they're um, just going to be considered complaining. There's just so many reasons why, but I want to hear from you because I know you talk about it in the magazine, uh, why you felt it was important to finally share and the benefits it gave you for healing. Yeah, no, that's such a great question because especially like now that we're all dealing with COVID, I think we all can relate to what isolation does to us. Like whether it's isolation due to a pandemic or isolation due to an addiction or an isolation due to infertility. Um, isolation's not what we're intended to do. I mean, God didn't create us to be isolated. God created us to be you know, members of a body of Christ and to, you know, be, you know, bound together and in love and to support each other and to lift each other up, you know. And um, I think infertility is a time where women so easily, you know, just kind of crawl into like this just little hole of like isolation, like, ah, oh my gosh, I can't talk to anyone about this. This is so personal. This is just so um, new and fresh. I think um, for me in the beginning, I didn't want to talk to anyone about it because I still was grappling with the fact that it had happened to me. Like, oh my gosh, now I, I'm that girl. <laughs> I'm that girl struggling with infertility and I've got to like wrap my, my mind around this before I can even share, you know, what I'm feeling. Cause I didn't even know what I was feeling, but, um, it took a little bit of time, um, to grieve and I did grieve with my husband, um, just the two of us for a while. And I think that's healthy and I think that's okay. But I do think there comes a point where, um, women, who have gone through similar experiences as you are so refreshing to be around. And I remember um, really leaning on one of my girlfriends who had had a miscarriage before me because um, unfortunately I don't think I was there for her when she had her miscarriage and not because I, I didn't want to be, but because I couldn't, because I didn't understand what she was going through. Um, I had never been pregnant. I had never dealt with a loss. But once that had happened to me, I, I reached out to her and just listening to, you know, her story and it, all the similarities and the things that she felt and dealt with to my own, it was just really comforting. And not that we, 
you know, just sit around and complain together. I think it was a way of just healing. And I would encourage anyone who has suffered with, you know, infertility or miscarriage or an ectopic pregnancy or a stillbirth or any of those really, really challenging things um, to find somebody in your church community that has dealt with it too, because I, I think more than anything, I began healing when I could be open with other women and say, yeah, like this happened to me and it broke me and I did not know how to handle it. What did you do? How did you pray? Can we pray together? Can, you know, we do something where we meet up and have coffee uh, when it just gets too hard? And I think there's nothing more precious that God gives us during our time of grief than a companion and then, you know, somebody to help lift us up. And, you know, something I learned is that I had to solely trust in God, but I also was so broken that it was okay to lean on other women. And I think sometimes women are afraid to seek support and comfort um, in thinking that it's replacing the role God's supposed to play. If you're so, if you're solely trusting in God, there is absolutely room for community and reaching out to women and, and getting their support. And I'm so glad that I did that during that season of my life. I just, I love that Tracy. I love that because I think women, especially we are talkers. We, we need to walk through those emotions. And I remember reading a book, and the lady in there specifically, she said, this is not about infertility, but she was just talking about the makeup of a woman, her build. And she said, when they were young, so, you know, you go back maybe a hundred years, girls would go with their moms to do a community washing. They would do community baking. They would go to a quilting bee, a sewing circle. Yes, we all chuckle. A lot of gossip comes out of it, of course. But the important thing was they said girls learned to become women in those communities because they were with the older people and watching them. They watched how they interacted. They watched how they handled certain things. They heard these counsels because, you know, as much gossip as thrown around in there, there are, there was wisdom as well. There was these, there was conversations, there were sorrows, there were burdens that were, that were born. And I, I remember reading um, this little quote and it said, a sorrow, no, uh, a joy shared is a joy doubled, but a sorrow shared is a sorrow cut in half. And that's, I think, what we miss out on. We feel like we can easily share the joy, but we're afraid to share the sorrow. We're afraid that, well, who's going to want that? But we don't realize that when we share it, it is no longer ours alone to bear. There is somebody else that sympathizes with us. There is someone else that will cry with us. There's someone that's going to sit with us and just hold our hand. We need that. We need that assurance. And I think, like you said, COVID's kind of making it a, a big deal of everyone's gotten a taste of what it's like to be alone and nobody likes it. You know, nobody, even those who consider themselves a, a staunch introvert, they miss being able to go out and maybe sit in the cafe and at least watch people. They can't do any of that. And when you take that away, you really see just how essential a community is. And um, this, is, this is just me because I tend to read and, and watch a lot of interesting things. But there was a, 
a documentary. It's a true story about a, a dolphin who lost the back of her tail. Uh, it's told in, do- in a dolphin's tail. It's a really uh, interesting film. And they, you know, supported her and she came through and she was doing really good. But then all of a sudden they noticed she wasn't healthy anymore and they didn't understand why nothing had changed. Well, the vet came and he said, she is alone. And it was, it was, it blew me away, Tracy. The, the vet said, if you do not get her with some other dolphin, she will actually die. That is how serious it is for a dolphin because they are a social animal. They need that. And they were, the film tells the journey of how they were able to find another dolphin that could, that could live with her. That was incredible to me. And in my mind, I sit here and I think, how are we any different? God created us as a social person. We need other people, but yet in those, in the darkest times is we really need people the most. And that's the moment we pull back. And I think a lot of it, like you said, we're embarrassed. We're afraid to be vulnerable. We're afraid to be hurt. Uh, We don't want to open up or we think this is my problem. I shouldn't have to burden anybody else with it. But the Bible talks about bearing one another's burdens, you know, and, and it's there because we need it. And I think when we deny that, we only hurt ourselves and almost make it worse because yes, like you said, you know, we need to depend on God, but he has provided people to walk with us, to be there. And I just, I love that. And I think that's so important for us to just kind of reinstate that constantly. Don't be afraid to open up. And now I think, and I'm going to ask your opinion on this, but I would say that you don't, you don't want to open up to everybody you meet. I think, you know, you were more strategic and you reached out to a, a few people that you knew would probably be able to help you kind of, well, what are your thoughts on that? No, that's a great, um, great question too. And, and I love the cutting the sorrow in half. That's just so true. Um, and it's so comforting when someone carries a burden for you and then, you know, later down the road, you can have the experience to help carry someone else's burden. Um, you know, I've had a few women reach out to me and just share their stories. And it's really nice to just be able to listen and, you know, not try to give them tons of advice. We'd be like, yeah. I get it. And I'm so sorry. I'll just, I'll pray for you because sometimes that's really all you can do or say. Um, And yeah, as far as, you know, who you should reach out to and when and how many, you know, that's really at the discretion, I think of each woman, you know, and for me, I, um, I've always been um, more on the side of having a small community of close friends. Whereas I know there's lots of women who have hundreds of friends that would, you know, all be considered equally important. Um, And then there's others that maybe just have one or two friends and that's enough. So, you know, based on personality, um, you know, I would say it, it just depends. Um, And I'll just give my personal experience. I reached out um, within the church because I really wanted to get um, a Christian perspective on infertility because uh, I know um, that's what I wanted. I knew I was already struggling with my my anger with God, like I had mentioned earlier, and I knew I needed to find peace with him. And I knew I needed to get on board with, all right, if this is God's plan for me, then you know, I need to, to be okay with it. And I need to trust him even in the deepest, darkest valleys. And only 
other Christian women, I think, would have been able to provide me the right insights into how to get there. So, um, yeah, I, I would say there were just a handful of women that I directly reached out to and shared my story with. And, you know, sometimes, too, a good approach is having like that one person that you really trust um, being a communicator for you. So, um, you know, after my second miscarriage, I missed uh, a lot of activities. Um, for example, we had had um, some events at the church, and then there were some things at work that I was not able to attend. And so I had my friend speak on my behalf because I was not emotionally able to just call these people and say, I'm sorry, I'm you know, not going to be available. Uh, and she did that for me. Um, and that really helped a lot. And I know that there were also um, a few um, baby showers that I chose not to attend um, because I just didn't know if emotionally I would be able to handle the situation. And so she would attend on my behalf and she would bring the gift for me. And that meant a lot to me because that kept me out of a very uncomfortable situation, but also showed the person that we were celebrating that I did love them and that I did support them from afar. Um, so for each woman, you know, I would say just, just pray about it. I think your heart will really lead you to the women you're supposed to be in community with. I love that. And so this kind of leads in because I'm, I really want to nail this down and, and hear this because as well-meaning as words can be, they can either come out wrong or they can be said at the wrong time or it's just, it's not what you intended, but it's how it's received. So I would really love to hear, because we did this in the magazine. We gave a little blip at the end kind of of what you should and should not say. Uh, and again, I do want to emphasize, they're never said intentionally to hurt. It is not there. That's not the point of what they're really are good intended people. They really wanted to just bring a little comfort. It just didn't come out the right way. So I would love for you to just share some things, maybe even personal, maybe what people have said that maybe wasn't the best choice of words. And then really what are some things that we should say that we can say? Because again, if you have not walked this path, you're not going to know what to say. And you may think you're helping, but you really just put your foot in your mouth like I have done on more than one occasion. So I would really like to just have something that I can apply for myself. What, what can we say and what should we not say? Yeah, you know, I think there are so many well-intentioned women who want to help. Like I, I think many times when you see a, a sister suffering, you're like, oh, I, I want to help her. And many times we want to help by just talking. And honestly, sometimes just not talking is the best thing. And what I mean by that is if you have a friend suffering from infertility, I think the best thing you can say is, I am so sorry for what you're going through. If you ever want to talk about it, I'm here to listen. And no advice, no advice, just, just listen. And then, you know, if they do want advice, um, they can ask, you know, what would you do or how would you handle this? Um, so that, that would be my first, you know, just, um, advice is just, just listen. I, you know, I think it really, it just does wonderful things for women when they can just talk and, and know that somebody truly cares about their story. Um, now, as far as things not to say, 
You know, I, I think first for the, the women struggling with infertility to the women um, listening who are, you know, first and foremost, we need, we need to extend grace because everything said is, is through um, a heart that wants to help and is done with good intentions. And we need to recognize it as that. And then um, maybe for the women who want to help, but maybe don't know the right things to say, I would say, some top things to avoid saying is um, it'll all work out in God's timing. Um, you know, I think, I think women know that deep down, they know that, um, but it's just a constant reminder of time and time is not your friend when you're struggling with infertility, you know, every ovulation, you know, every, you know, cycle, you know, every time you have, uh, missed an opportunity and the weeks can be extremely long or they can be extremely um, painful. So anytime time is talked about, I think that really it, it time is a challenge for women struggling with infertility. So avoiding just comments with anything to do with time or, oh, you're still so young, you have plenty of time or, um, you know, you, you know, don't worry about it. Um, you know, God's timing will make it all right. Um, I, I would avoid statements like that. Um, something else um, that I would avoid. And I'm so, I was so surprised at how many women say that they've heard this, but um just relax. If you just relax, it'll, it'll all happen. And um, relaxing or being stressed has little to nothing to do with the large majority of women's ability to get pregnant. Um, I was extremely stressed, always worrying about my ovulation when I got pregnant. So I was not relaxed when I got pregnant. So um, I, I just think that that advice um, can really stir up anger in, in women because that that's almost disguised for saying, well, just try a little bit harder. And um, trust me, if, if the woman is struggling with infertility and she's finally opened up about it, she's probably been struggling with it for a while. So um, I would definitely avoid that statement too. But yeah, I, just um, for the moms, I'll say for the moms out there, the, the best thing my mom did for me was she just flat out said, Tracy, I don't know how to relate to this. She said, I never went through infertility. You, you were conceived very easily. That, that just wasn't my struggle. And she was like, but I can pray for you. And I thought my mom just nailed it. Like she approached it perfectly. And I just really appreciated the way my mom, um, just approach the whole situation. So for moms out there, yeah, I, you know, I know it could be really hard to relate to your daughter who might be struggling with it, but just, just let her know you're there to listen and just let her know you're there to pray for her. And, and, and that, that'll be enough. I think those are great words. And I, I love the part about listening because I remember this, uh, I don't know if it was a true story or not, but it was just, um, this couple that had you know, a little girl and they lived next door to an older couple and the, let's see, the wife's husband. So she, she lost her husband and the little girl, and it was just such a precious story. Her, she told her mom, she said, I'm going to go see Mrs. So-and-so I want to, I want to just be with her. And so she went. And then when she came back several hours later, her mom said, well, um, how did it go? And she's like, I think it went well. And, 
she's like, well, what did you say? And she says, nothing. I, I just sat in her lap and cried with her. And I, I loved that because sometimes we think we have to say something, but the best thing you can do at certain times is just sit um, because you've never been through that. And honestly, you know, let's just put a plug in there. This does not apply just to infertility. There's a whole slew of mm. things we could really talk about that you could just, sometimes it's just best to sit and listen, whether someone's gone through a divorce, whether they've gone through the loss of a adult child or a spouse. Right. Sometimes really the best thing you can do is just sit there and, and, you know, Job's friends did the best when they said nothing for seven days. It went downhill after that. And the book got really long after that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so I want to kind of emphasize that, that, you know, and I think I want to kind of plug in with what you said too, that we know the truth. There are often times we, we know what the Bible says. We know that God's timing is perfect. We know that he is good. We know that he is there, but that's not what we needed to hear. We, we, we need you to just say, I understand. Because um, like you said, you, you're kind of almost underlying saying, well, God's timing's enough if you just trust him. Because what you're saying to me is you're not trusting him and you're not being where you need to be. That, that hurts even more. So you're adding hurt upon hurt. And mm -hmm. I don't think that's the wisest thing. We want to walk with you through the valley. That's where we have compassion, where we have mercy. And we make the biggest impact when we're compassionate. I really believe that. So I, I love that part. So um, I'm kind of going to wrap this up a little bit, but um, I know that you have kind of have a blog, you have this ministry. What, what led you to take that next step of sharing it uh, more openly besides just your little group, but you took it to a new level by really sharing it on your blog and stuff. So kind of maybe share how you made that decision. Yeah. Um, that was a tough decision. Um, so after I suffered my two miscarriages and I found out about my genetic disorder and my blood clotting disorder, I was diagnosed with bladder cancer. And I would say um, I hit rock bottom at that point and just, you know, trying to understand why was all of this happening to me? Uh, you know, what, what did I had, what had I done? And, you know, in the middle of all of my grief and just kind of being in this massive storm, um, my friend called me on, on the way home from my cancer diagnosis. And she said, you know, Tracy, I, um, I feel God pulling on my heart to come and visit you. Can I come over? And she did not know about the cancer diagnosis. She did not know what was going on. And I, I let her come over and my husband was not home. He was traveling for work and we went um, up to the terrace of my apartment and we were sitting on the terrace and she's like, you know, God just told me that I needed to come over here and I need to share something with you. And so she opened up the book of James and she read the first three chapters of James and, um, as you know, Zara, um, it, it starts, you know, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kind, because you know, the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And that chapter, the first three chapters in James um, are my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. And when I was in college, I just clung to those verses um, through 
any adversity that I was going through at the time. And the fact that my friend called me out of nowhere, having no idea that I was just diagnosed with cancer and coming up to the terrace of my roof and opening up that Bible and out of the, you know, 800,000 words in that entire book, she, she picked the words that meant the most to me. I knew that was God. And I knew that was God saying, just wait, like, just wait. And so that just gave me just this ultimate peace. And I just um, was so thankful that God, you know, um, used my friend in a way to, to, to reach me because I had been asking just for some guidance and some clarity um, during this really difficult time. And so the reason um, I started the blog and the reason ultimately I've written the book um, about my infertility um, that's coming out in the fall is because it, I realized it's not my story. <laughs> it's God's story. And while I can share my feelings and the events of it, uh, God orchestrated all of it. And um, my shortcomings, my, my um, inability to handle some of these situations um, well um, are just reflections of God's grace. You know, his grace is sufficient, you know, and his power is made perfect in our weakness. And so I just put that on display page after page. Um, chapter after chapter in my book, because that's really what I felt God was telling me to do. Like, okay, you know, I've gotten you through this, this massive storm. And, and I think it's time for you to share it because um, the one thing that really helped me, uh, you know, through these times was just being able to relate to other women. And how can women relate to me if I don't, share my story. So that's why, that's why I created the blog and that's why I wrote the book. And, um, as long as it brings God glory, um, at the end of the day, that's, that's what it was, um, created to do. That's what was the intention from the beginning. And, and that's really why I did it is because I just really realized that it's just, it's just not my story. And I love that. I think that we will never know how much of an impact our story can make because, and I say this all the time, so it's like an old record, but everyone has a story to tell. It is not for everyone. We always emphasize that it's not for everyone, but there is someone who needs your particular story. We were created with the purpose of making a difference and we are not called to make a difference to everyone. We are called to make a difference to the people God sends to us. And he has a reason for that. And sometimes I wonder how often we have not made the impact we were called to because of maybe fear of speaking out about our own mistakes or trials or adversities. And we are afraid to open up. We really are. And, and I just wonder how often people really needed us to open up. Like your friend took that step of faith. She didn't understand why she needed to be there, but you needed her. At that moment, you know, what would have, how different would that day have been if she wouldn't have come? And so I always think about that. But I, I love that you had the courage and uh, just the, you know, the willingness to say yes. You were like, I'm going to say yes to this. So I just, I, I really applaud you for that. Um, I really, I know it's been a blessing to many, many people. I know this article is going to bless 
a lot of people for sure. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about you said your book's coming out? Is it this fall or when is it coming out? And what's the title of it? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, so my book is due to be released October, fingers crossed, still in the final edits uh, stage. And, you know, I've been praying about a title. I have really struggled with that. Um, my blog is called My Road to Motherhood. So I thought, okay, I can name the book My Road to Motherhood. But um, I've I've just been kind of on, you know, the fence about a few different names. And I, I think what I'm going to do is um, have maybe three or four options available and, and let um, the people who follow me um, help me help me decide <laughs> because I'm having a really hard time coming up for, with the right title. It's just, um, you know, it's a really important decision and um, I'm still undecided on what the title of the book's going to be. But well, that's yeah, what maybe you can help me. <laughs> <laughs> we love Instagram for that reason. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, and just maybe kind of as we wrap up, what would be some things you would want to to tell a woman currently struggling with infertility? What, what is something mm. that you would want to leave her with? Oh, well, first, um, to any woman who's listening to this podcast that is struggling with infertility, I just want to say that I am so, so sorry. I'm just terribly sorry that you're going through that and you're, you know, listening to this because you're, you're looking for inspiration and hope. Um, yeah, I, that's that's what I would say is I'm sorry. And then secondly, I would say I hope that regardless of, you know, how your story unfolds and, you know, the path forward that um, God puts you through, whether um, it's to eventually have your own children or to adopt or to, you know, foster care or to not be a mom at all, that you would find peace and that God would just reveal um, his purpose to you. And that, um, yes, the struggle is just unbearable at times, but um, the growth that you can experience in just leaning on God during the difficult times is, um, it's life-changing. And that um, I just hope um, when you're feeling down and you're really struggling just, just to get on your knees and know that there are other women out there that are praying for you. Yes. Yeah. I think that's yeah. where the strength comes from. The, the premise of even the magazine is to let you know you're not alone. Mm. That yeah. you're, everyone has perhaps a, a unique journey, but the, it's not entirely unique because there are others who have gone through that season. They have mm. gone through something similar and there is somebody out there and they're there to really remind you that God is still good, that he still loves you and he still cares. And I think that's more than anything. Sometimes what our heart needs is just, you're not alone. So emphasize, you know, I have been where you are and to remind you it, it's a season, you know, and each season will come to an end at some point. And it, and each season has a purpose. Um, you know, even though most of us may not like winter, winter has its purpose. And each one, you know, there are certain seasons we enjoy more than, than others, but each one has a purpose. And it, it is there, ultimately, I, would, I believe, to draw us closer to God 
and to bring us into his image. And I think that's really what it is. So um, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Do If they want to connect with you, should they mention first, hey, I heard about you on this podcast, instead of just saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, because sometimes you're like, I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no. They can. Um, anyone can um, um, message me on Instagram at my road to motherhood, or um, you can um, go to my website um, www.roadtomotherhood.com, and you can submit a message there. Um, yeah, just say I-, I heard about it on Sit Still, My Daughter, and. Um, would like to connect that would be totally fine and if you're a stranger and you need some prayer i'm i'm happy to connect too so not a problem (laughs) good good, because i would love for people to reach out to you and i encourage listeners you know tracy's such a wonderful person and she really um has a lot of wisdom and and she understands you know so i think it's it would be great for you guys to we will include that in the show um the links in the show notes we're going to include that there but uh, Tracy, I want to thank you for, for coming on. So remember, people, <laughs> Tracy lives in Germany, so she really <laughs> stayed up late just to do this with me. We had to work out our schedules to figure this out. So I <laughs> putting in that extra time and, and doing that with me. So um, hopefully we'll have you back. We can maybe talk about the release of your book at some point and talk a little more about a different aspect of this. But I really appreciate you coming on here, Tracy, and just sharing your wisdom and your encouragement. And I pray that it is a blessing for everyone who listens to it. And be sure to check out uh, Tracy's information, her Instagram, follow her. And uh, thank you so much, Tracy, for being here. Oh, it was a blessing just to be here. So thanks. Thanks so much for having me. It was it was really uh, fun having a, a good, good, productive conversation with you. I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy our conversation? I hope you did. Tracy had so many wonderful things to say, and I just want to highlight a couple of things. I love the fact that she makes it a point to say, God did not create me to condemn me. And I want to emphasize this, that it does not apply just to infertility. You are a wonderful, unique, made in the image of God person, and God did not create you for nothing. He did not create you to condemn you or to make you feel bad. You are his child. And I pray that that truth settles deep into your soul, because I know we as women struggle with being not enough, with rejection, with all these things. And God loves you. He created you with a great love in his heart. So I hope that that truth settles. And also for those that like myself, I've never been through infertility, but Tracy's words of just encouraging us to make those wise decisions with our words, to choose them carefully, to simply listen. I pray that we can apply that truth on numerous levels, not just infertility, but that you will take the time to be available, to love someone and to just be there for them and to pour that they can pour their heart out to you. So I pray that you would make that decision to just be a blessing and to walk in wisdom when we speak because well-intentioned words as good as they are can still come across and still can cause hurt. So I hope that that was a blessing to you. Please, I encourage you reach out to Tracy. She is a wonderful person and has many, many good things to say. You can find her on Instagram and you can also visit her website. Just visit the link in my show notes. And I pray you have a wonderful week, my friend. And just remember, sit still, my daughter, because he has everything under control. Thank you.